0: may it please the listeners my name is rich schoenstein and this is law brief and i'm really excited for this episode i am joined by somebody who was a good friend of mine before he was my partner and i'm happy that he's my partner now and that's eric zipkowitz hi eric
1: hey good to hear your voice rich
0: Good to hear yours too. So Eric, for those who don't know him, has been working remotely for how many years, Eric?
1: I'm going on. I completed uh, almost seven years. This will be my eighth year telecommuting from Long Island, New York.
0: And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to do something a little bit different. Eric has a long history of working from home. And I myself have worked from home, usually for a couple months a year during the summer. We thought we were qualified to kind of talk about this topic as more and more people, obviously, for bad reasons this year have found themselves working from home. But it would appear that that's a trend that's going to continue. Don't you agree, Eric?
1: Yeah, I I do, Rich. And not only that, I go a step further. As you know, I suggested this topic for one of your podcasts. And when I realized it was needed was during a conference call that we were on together with firm management and a bunch of our other partners, which was focusing predominantly on what we needed to do from the technological end to enable our, our employees and staff to continue uninterrupted in providing services. And as the conversation went on and I checked all the boxes of All the fantastic things we were doing on the hardware side, shipping out printers, updating the software, and making sure everyone had exactly what they needed. I was shaking my head and said, who's thinking about the person? And this is not a problem or a situation that's just for us and our law firm. This is for every business as we start to realize that telecommuting and working from home is here to stay in one form or another. And my, my own personal experience over the last seven years is all the technology in the world is not going to help us if the folks who are using it at home can't function properly.
0: All right, Eck. let me start with this. You say you've been doing this for seven years ago. What led you to begin working remotely with your legal practice?
1: Well, it wasn't by design. I had, I had some, what I can now characterize as minor back issues, lower back, age-appropriate, former athlete back issues, but uh, as they caught up with me, I needed two to three days of physical therapy and a little bit of walking and a little bit of taking care of myself, so I made a call to Alan Tarter explained the situation. We decided we'd give it a shot with me not coming into the office anymore. It was at that time, seven or eight years almost eight years ago. It was more of a, let's do a patchwork office temporarily, which at home, which we did. The good news is I made it through that process. I dropped a bunch of pounds, got into shape. And then when it was all ready to go back to the office, I realized that the only time that I had stress or I couldn't properly fulfill my obligations to my clients at times was when I was on the Long Island Railroad sitting in delays or sitting in Penn Station waiting for the trains to get going. So I said, "Why should I go back?" There was really no compelling reason based on the nature of the practice. My clients loved the fact that they could reach me twenty-four hours a day instead of twenty-four hours a day less commuting time. And it, it from there we started focus. I started focusing on bettering my own hardware and software.
0: Hold on a yeah. second. I want. I want to get into that, but. I just wanted to, so people understand this, because I know this about you and not all of our listeners do yet. You are, at the time, you were a partner uh, with some years of experience with your own practice, your own clients, your own business. You're running Legal Matters, right? Yes, so you weren't. It's not like you were an associate who was going to do legal research and could just log on a computer at home. You were running your own substantial practice.
1: I was, but the, and again, the nature of my practice as a transactional construction attorney is drafting and negotiations of contracts the various design and, and, and construction agreements. And at the same time, Rich, I would also mention, you know, I take a lot of pride in the mentoring that I do to some of our associates and other colleagues. And that, frankly, was a little bit of more of a challenge because I didn't have as much face time and people weren't using Zoom six years or seven years ago. But we managed.
0: And then go back to it. So what you were saying is you built out your physical surroundings so you could work at home as effectively as you could at the office, right? Yes. And your clients loved it because they found you more accessible and the same great lawyer. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, the interesting part was I just, in the last year, I've, I moved the Polycom phone from the city to my home office. For the last six years, my clients didn't in call me on my home line or my cell, and the quality of the home line wasn't as great as the Polycom, the, the fancy phone. But again, nobody seemed to notice. Everyone knew they were calling my home. Most were respectful of, of some sort of hours. Some were not. But it was a learning experience. As I went, I realized what worked both for me and my clients. And then, and then frankly, which I think we'll talk about as we go along, the things that did
0: not work. Right. All right. So, well, why don't we get to that right now? What, what were the difficulties you encountered back when you began this part of the journey?
1: Well, when I began, the difficulty was first just re-educating my clients to, to remember the right phone number to call. I think we did forward the office line. That was the biggest challenge. But the real challenge came after the first year. You know, I described the first year as the honeymoon period. I was working from home. I was maintaining and building my practice. I was working with associates and doing everything I had done in the office. But now I had three to four more hours a day to do it. You know, and as most folks have learned now, I took my shower when I wanted to take my shower. I had my lunch when I wanted to take my lunch. And I was painting and on conference calls at the same time. But after that first year, I kind of hit a speed bump. And I realized that as lovely and wonderful as the first year was, I'm by myself. And when folks are by themselves and you don't have that human interaction, again, no Zoom back then. You know, I was getting a bit stir crazy. So I needed to figure out how to deal with that.
0: Okay. So what'd you do?
1: What did I do? I I went back to what worked for me always. What I always tell folks when you, when you come up to any sort of challenge like this is what always worked. And for me, it was always walking. I'm a walker. I can't run. I ran for the bus once years ago and I didn't like it, but I'm a walker and I'm blessed to live literally, you know, seven blocks from the Oyster Bay parks and beaches so I made a commitment to myself to no matter how busy I was, no matter how how, how much I, commitments I had to my clients, was I was going to find time every day to go for a walk. And that's what I did. And I cleared my head and I saw people in the neighborhood and I waved and said hello. And that worked for me. And as it evolves, you know, winter comes, you can't walk as much. I found other things to make sure that I was always aware that I was not isolating, to use that big word, because that, frankly, you know, isolation, in my mind, and I think you know as well, and most folks listening will understand, could only lead to problems.
0: Right. And it's it's interesting, you talk about a year into this, some of the negatives began to show up, and I sort of feel like we're hitting that cycle right now, because we have a lot of people who began working at home in earnest in, say, March of this year and have run through the initial shock of that to upgrading their physical and technological surroundings so that they're comfortable working at home to learning how to use Zoom and all of that and integrating with their companies and firms. And now we're at home working and we have to deal with some of the repercussions of that. Would you agree?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Rich, you hear the stories. You know the stories. I mean, some of them are funny. Some of them are not. The, the wife walking in on the Zoom meeting or the husband walking in on the Zoom meeting with, you know, in his pajamas. We could laugh that off. That's the innocent fun part. The hard part is We are working under conditions that, first of all, 95% of us have never worked under. And it's in a situation where we're all scared out of our wits for one reason or another. I can't remember a time in my life where everyone was nervous about something, whether it's the pandemic, their job, their family. We all have something to worry about. And if you had marital problems or spousal or relationship problems before this hit, and all of a sudden you're in the same house 24 hours a day, it's going to affect you.
0: Do you have any other suggestions on coping methods that focus on the individual when they're working at home?
1: Yes, again, I think that it's gonna be different for everyone just as walking worked for me. You have to, meditation, a very easy one. These days, you just say, Alexa, play me a 10-minute meditation. Alexa, show me a 10-minute stretch. Find what's going to work for you to get away from the screen, the work screen. Outside is always, for me, fresh air, hearing the birds, seeing the trees. Whatever works for you to give you that that peace of mind, you have to start. And if you don't know it, you got to find it. On the individual level, exercise releases a lot of endorphins and all kinds of other things, but we're all a little bit lazy when it comes to exercise. But if you could just do a 10 minute stretch and take your mind off or or a 10 or 15 minute power walk, I used to take power naps in the old days. I don't know if people still do that anymore. Two thirty, three thirty in the afternoon, you take a 20 minute nap. You wake up feeling fresh as a daisy. Well, that doesn't work for me anymore, but taking a 20 minute quick walk certainly does.
0: All right. Those are terrific ideas. So you mentioned that you are a transactional construction lawyer. I think that's what you said. But why don't you tell us a little more about your practice and what it is you do for a living?
1: Sure. I I build things. Not physically, although I did do a little physical construction work back in high school, in college. I've always been fascinated by people who built things, architects, engineers, and I have absolutely, my brain doesn't work that way. That's why I admire them so much there. You know, I see the artistic side of architects and engineering, but I can't do it. But what I can do is think very concretely. And when it comes to negotiating and drafting contracts, yeah, I read and write, Rich. That's what I do. And I listen. And what I try to do is I, I guess you could say I'm known for is I draft very straightforward agreements for very complicated projects. The types of projects I work on are often multi-year, multi-building multi-discipline we could have you know three or four or five different architects significant engineers so that the project itself is complex the legal issues when you have so many moving parts on a billion dollar five-year project are numerous and complicated but i try to turn the agreements into something that sets forth the party's understandings allocates risks and rewards in a straightforward manner so what do i do i'm losing track of the years but i was told about the new yankee stadium oh must have been a dozen years ago i was brought in to work on that project when it was top secret they were still designing it and my son was. Five-year-old Yankee fan, and I couldn't tell him that Daddy was working on the new Yankee Stadium for like two and a half years. Uh, it was terrible, you know, from a personal, but it was a very exciting project, of course. So that's an example. Right now, I'm working. You couldn't,
0: with, you couldn't, you couldn't get a gig working on City Field, huh? Well, you had to settle. You had to settle for the Yankees.
1: Well, that's a different story because, as you know, I've said very often that being a good boy from Queens and a Mets and Jets fan one of the drawbacks of commuting for 20 years is that sometimes you're away from your kids and a stay-at-home dad who's a Yankee fan gets his teeth into him. So that's how my son and the daughter ended up as Yankee fans, but that's for a different day. And the fellow who did it knows it as well. And he's still a dear friend of mine. Uh, but, but and I love what I do, which is unique among some lawyers.
0: Yeah, it's too unique. I love what I do too. So I think we share that enthusiasm. Let's do a closing argument. We like to leave the listeners with a takeaway on the topic of the day. Do you have one in mind? I have one in mind if you don't.
1: Let's try to do it together. So, so my takeaway would be I hope everyone understands that we've really just scratched the surface here and that anyone listening, and it doesn't matter which side of the table you're on, whether you're a worker or in management, the workers have to make management aware. Management needs to be proactive on this issue. Virtual hugs are sweet, but they're not a real hug.
0: That's a good one. I was just going to say, take care of yourself. And, uh, and, and that others. means, right. Right. And look past getting the right technology and the right rising desk up in your attic and look out for the people too. Yeah, Don't you think?
1: It's got to be on the radar. We've got to be, again, I, th- I think most firms and companies have taken care of the hardware, software, immediate needs, and probably for the next year or so, you maybe some tweaks here and there. So now let's focus on the human side, Let's figure out how we can get together in parks every once in a while, go to drive-in movies every once in a while together, find a way to see each other outside of the screen. That's my goal.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, Eric, for joining us today. I look forward to the next time I get to see you in person.
1: (laughs) Me as well, my friend. Be well.
0: All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye, Rich. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tartarkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief.